Good morning, church, and happy Easter. He is risen. I, I, I just say a word how blessed I am to be able to preach on Easter Sunday, to be here in the room with you, with the folks that are watching online. It's the greatest day to preach of the year. And thank you for being here to be a part of what God wants to do. Easter sermons uh, are, are, are tough on pastors because you want to be brilliant, right? And then the Holy Spirit reminds us that Jesus Christ is brilliant, <laughs> and what he did was brilliant, and we can't improve on it. We can just share the wonderful news. Today, we come to worship Jesus and the victory of his resurrection to celebrate that Jesus Christ holds the keys to life and to death. Now, most of us use some type of key every day, and probably some men in the room, maybe a few women, have a keychain that looks something like this, right? I got all kinds of keys on here. There's a tractor key on here. There's a house key, and then there's keys that I don't even know what they are, but I'm afraid to throw them away because I might need them, right? And if you're like me, you have another set of keys just like this in the console of your truck or your car because it's a backup, right? And it's a duplicate of all the keys you got on your key ring, well, a few weeks ago, I was uh, somewhere where I needed to change the uh, hitch on my trailer, the receiver on my trailer hitch. I needed to unlock the lock that held it on. And I went through every key on this key ring and not a key worked. And then I went into my console in my truck and I looked through all those keys and none of them fit. So I went online and said, okay, this is a bolt lock. Maybe I can see a picture of the key that'll unlock this lock, the other guy is with me sitting there waiting like, seriously, you can't unlock your lock? So I look online and then I remember after reading that I had chosen this particular kind of lock because you could program your ignition key to this lock and unlock. I had the master key in my hand the whole time. I just didn't know it. I believe the resurrection is the master's key to set us free from the prison of fear and death. Somebody say amen to that. God has given us the key in Jesus Christ to unlock the prisons of fear and death. Today we come to celebrate that the power of the resurrection is available in a world of fear. In a world of fear, we have the hope of resurrection. Now the Lord led me to a different passage. I've never preached on this passage on Easter. Revelation 1, 17 through 18. If you're able, would you stand for the reading of God's word? John the Revelator writes, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. The word of God for the people of God. Father God, I pray that today, that we would allow Jesus Christ to unlock the keys to our heart and that we would open the door of our hearts and invite Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, to be a part of who we are, our very souls, and that all over the world today, the doors of heaven are being unlocked. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. May be seated. Now, John writes, when I saw him, 
I fell at his feet as if I were dead. Now, most scholars believe that John who wrote the book of Revelation is the same John that wrote the gospels. It is the apostle John. It's been 60 years since John the apostle has seen Jesus in person. Now think about that. John the apostle walked for three years with Jesus face to face, heard his sermons, heard his teachings, saw his miracles, saw him walk on the water, saw him make blind people see. And then John the apostle saw Jesus crucified. And then hiding in fear, Jesus resurrected, came to him. He saw Jesus resurrected. And then he saw Jesus when he ascended to the father. And now here he sees Jesus in a vision in full glory. He sees the ascended Jesus in full glory. And I believe John's experience is very similar to the sermon I preached last week about Saul. When when the apostle Paul encountered Jesus on the Damascus road, he too was blinded. He couldn't see because Jesus was in his ascended glorified state. The resurrected Jesus. I love how John describes it in verse 13, Revelation 1. And sitting among them was one who looked like Jesus, who called himself the son of man. His hair was white as wool or snow. And his eyes, his eyes penetrated like flames of fire. His feet gleamed like burnished bronze and his voice thundered like the waves against the shore. The resurrected Jesus, hair as white as wool or snow, eyes penetrating like flames of fire, a voice thundering like the waves against the shore. Now we live in a world that is gripped by fear, fear that threatens to hold us back, fear that paralyzes us. I believe that for the most part, fear is a liar. And the evil one uses fear to make us miserable, to keep us from reaching our God-given potential. And today on Easter Sunday, I remind you that the resurrected Jesus wants to touch your life and say to you, fear not. Don't be afraid. I love this acrostic for fear. False evidence appearing real. God tells you the truth to make you better. The evil one lies to you to make you worse. God wants us to walk in faith and the evil one wants us to live in fear. But he laid his hand on me and said, don't be afraid. There are people listening right now that that need to hear those words of Jesus. Don't be afraid. I, I believe that the antidote for fear is to hear, is to read, is to receive, is to believe in the words of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen to that. To hear, to read, to believe, to receive the words of Jesus. Throughout the gospels, whenever the disciples were in the midst of panic, in the midst of a storm, in the midst of uncertainty, Jesus would tell the disciples, fear not, don't be afraid. And throughout the Bible, over 300 times, we read those words, fear not, don't be afraid. Now back to John the Revelator, John the Apostle, here on the Isle of Patmos. He's the last living disciple. All the others have been martyred. 
Christians were being persecuted throughout the Roman Empire, thrown to lions, bound in leather, leather and then tossed into the sea. The emperor had ordered all Christians to make a statement, either to declare that Jesus is Lord or Caesar is Lord. If you declared Caesar is Lord, you got to live. If you declared Jesus is Lord, it wasn't so good. Now I can imagine that John in exile was walking in loneliness, perhaps fear, perhaps concern for the very survival of Christianity when Jesus appears to him and tells him not to be afraid and then inspires him to write the book of Revelation. Jesus touched him. Today, Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, wants to touch you. He wants to touch you. He wants you to hear his words in the midst of your fear. This past year of COVID has been marked by a cocktail of emotions, anger, frustration, sadness, grief, but fear has been number one. The fear of sickness, the fear of mortality, the fear of economic loss and failure. I was talking to my doctor after the last service and I remember a conversation we had when I got a checkup during, right in the midst of COVID. And he said to me, it's been amazing to see self-assured people, people that have all this self-confidence, people that have everything in life now have uncertainty because they've had to face their mortality and they're trying to face their mortality without faith in God. It's an opportunity to share there is hope through the power of the resurrection. I love these words that Paul wrote to Timothy. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power, love, and self-discipline. You see, resurrection is the key to all of that, to set us free from the prison of fear. I want to live in power and love and self-discipline, not in fear and timidity. Now, there are many arguments that I believe without a doubt prove the reality of the resurrection. I believe one of the greatest proofs is the incredible transformation that happened in the life of the disciples. That following the arrest of Jesus, who they'd followed for three years, they all went into hiding. They, they, they saw the crucifixion. They were, they were fearful that they too would be arrested and they would be crucified. They would die because they were known as followers of Jesus. But then when they saw Jesus resurrected, when he appeared to them behind their locked doors, they were filled with confidence that Jesus was alive. And then when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they, they experienced this incredible boldness so that all of them were willing to die and all of them did die except for John who has been exiled on an island in the middle of the ocean. You don't give yourself up for a lie. You don't give yourself up for a myth. You give yourself up for the resurrected Jesus because he has the power in the midst of fear. As Christ followers, followers of Jesus, we do not need to be afraid of stepping out in faith. We don't, do not need to be afraid of failure or of criticism, or be afraid of being canceled. We need to step out in the power of the Holy Spirit in love and in grace and in confidence, not with timidity and fear. The power of the resurrection gives us hope in a world full of fear. But also this morning, we celebrate that the power of the resurrection is greater 
than the power of death. In Revelation again, I am the living one, Jesus says. I died. I died. But look, look, I am alive and forever and forever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. Now, those are not the words of a pastor. Those are the words of Jesus Christ. And I believe that everybody listening today has an utmost respect for Jesus Christ. He's the son of God. He's the greatest teacher that's ever walked on the planet. He, he, he loves people. He, he told us to love people. But he also said, I was dead. But now I am alive. And I live forever and ever and hold the keys of death and the grave. You see, fear threatens to hold us back. And the fear of death threatens to hold us down. But when we believe in Jesus Christ, that changes. I love these words in Hebrews 2.15. By embracing death, taking it into himself, he destroyed, Jesus destroyed the devil's hold on death and freed all who cower through life, scared to death of death. Today, if you're scared to death of death, you can be set free from that fear through the power of Jesus Christ resurrected. By embracing death on the cross, Jesus secured your forgiveness. He paid the penalty for your sins. That's Friday. That's a struggle. The crucifixion of Jesus. But on Sunday, we get the solution to the struggle, right? We get the solution to the struggle, which is the cross. I love the story in talking about the crucifixion of a judge who was presiding over the court when his best friend from childhood appears before the court. And, and the judge, his friend, hears the case and his best friend is guilty. And this judge has to give justice to his best friend. So he issues a verdict. It's a, it's a really steep fine. So he, he says to his best friend, you're guilty. And here's the fine. A lot of money. But then the judge did something unusual. He, he stepped back from behind the bench. He took off his robe, walked down to where his friend stood, took out his checkbook and wrote a check out for his friend's penalty. He paid the fine. It's an illustration of what happened on Friday, that Jesus Christ went to the cross and paid a debt that we can't pay, paid a penalty that we cannot pay. And that's the crucifixion. But on Easter Sunday, we celebrate that Jesus Christ secured our victory over death and the fear of the grave. Again, John the Revelator says that Jesus said, I hold the keys. And that's a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. I'd never remember reading this verse before, but Isaiah twenty-two, twenty-two, Isaiah writes in a prophecy of this very moment, I will give him the keys to the house of David, the highest position in the royal court. When he opens doors, no one will be able to close them. And when he closes doors, no one will be able to open them. Now, keys, keys, represent authority. They represent opportunity. They represent responsibility. Now, do you remember the first time that you got the keys to your parents' car? Or maybe you're sitting here hoping that one day I may get the keys to my parents' car. Now, when you get the keys, with those keys comes some awesome authority. You've been given, you've been given wheels, right? You, you've got some authority. 
You're somebody because you got the keys to the car, but also opportunity. You can go places that you've never gone for but by yourself. But also comes responsibility, right? Because you got to get the car back without any scratches or dents. And just a word of caution for those of you who haven't got keys yet, you got to fill it back up with gas, right? You, you never bring the car back empty. You got to fill it back up. So keys represent authority, opportunity, and responsibility. And that's exactly what Jesus has assumed. He's assumed authority. It's an opportunity to go and, 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 and spread the great commission to preach the gospel to the whole world. And then how long, God, until all come to know Jesus? It's a responsibility that he's given to you. He's given to the church. He given, he's given you the keys so that you don't have to fear what's on the other side of the grave. Somebody say amen to that. I don't have to fear what's on the other side of the grave. And, and I'm sure that almost everyone in this room has a loved one who's left because of death. Maybe it was a COVID death. I can tell you don't have to be afraid because Jesus Christ has opened the doors of heaven. And one day when it's our time to leave this earth, we can have the confidence that we'll see them again because Jesus Christ will open the gates as well. See, that's the power of the resurrection that's greater than the power of death. I declared this morning on social media, I don't do that a lot, but I declared today this great news that we don't worship the empty tomb. We worship the one who left the tomb empty, right? He left the tomb empty because his power is greater than the power of death. I will tell you this this morning. Well, today, to me, in all my sermons that I preach, Easter is the most wonderful time to preach. Also, I take great concern about these words that the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, because if what I'm saying, and if what has been said for 2,000 years is not true, then we have a problem. Paul wrote about it. He says, and if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God. And if God has not been raised, you're still guilty of your sins. And all who have died believing in Christ are lost. If this is not true, we are to be more pitied than anyone in the world. 3.5 billion Christians on the planet Earth are to be pitied if this is not true. Now, Paul didn't end his writing there. He went on to write these words in verse 54. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is a sting that results in death and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, somebody say, thank God. Thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. That's why today Trevor is preaching with great confidence. Why Chad this morning at sunrise preached with great confidence. That's why I stand before you and preach with great confidence. Pastors all over the world are preaching with great confidence because thanks be to God, he gives us the victory over sin and death. And the power of the resurrection is greater than the power of death. And the power of resurrection brings us hope in a world of fear. And finally this morning, the power of the resurrection unlocks the promises of God 
now. Not when you get ready to die, but right now, today. These words Jesus said to Peter in Matthew 16, you are Peter, a stone, and upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever doors you lock on earth shall be locked in heaven. And whatever doors you open on earth shall be open in heaven. Sound familiar? The same words that Jesus spoke, the same words that Isaiah prophesied. And Jesus declares that he will give the keys of the kingdom to Peter. And following the resurrection, Peter preaches his first sermon and unlocks the door of heaven for 3,000 people believe in his very first message. If you read a little further in the book of Acts, in chapter 10, Peter unlocks the door of heaven for the Gentiles. And all the world is going to receive the good news that Jesus Christ is God's son and God loves the world. But here's the key, no pun intended. Prior to giving Peter the keys of heaven, Jesus asked Peter a very important question. Peter, who do you say I am? And Peter declared, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the living son of God. And Peter confessed his faith in Jesus. On this Easter Sunday, we've sung incredible songs, incredible worship. And in the, in the worship, we've confessed that we believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. If you're listening today, whether online or in this room, you too can confess that you believe in Jesus Christ. You may not understand everything about Jesus Christ, but you can believe in Jesus Christ. You can step out in faith and invite him into your life and have victory over fear and victory over death and victory over sin. And the keys of the kingdom are not just meant for Peter, but they're meant for the church of Jesus Christ. It is my prayer that all over the world today, as the good news of resurrection is preached, that the doors of heaven are being unlocked for people to believe who have never believed. Every ministry of this church is about unlocking the doors of heaven to invite people into the presence of God now, right now, today, to set people free from shame and guilt and the power of evil. You know, the gates of hell are defensive gates. They, they are gates to keep people in and keep goodness out. The gates of hell are to keep people in darkness, in bondage, in addiction, in fear. Jesus Christ has given the church the keys. And when we declare Jesus Christ, the doors are opened. And today, if you feel bound by the gates of hell, there's something that's controlling your life that you know is making you miserable, making you paralyzed, keeping you from becoming the person God wants you to become. The door is unlocked through the power of the resurrection and you can receive freedom today. Now, the big question going around our planet today is when will COVID be over, right? When will we have to stop social distancing? When will we have to stop wearing these masks? When can we have unlimited seating in the church? When we, have to, when we will not have to say to people we're full? You know, I don't know when COVID is going to end. I believe it's going to be sooner than later, but I don't know when COVID is going to end. There's nobody in this room today that knows when COVID is going to be over. But then you ask the question, well, when can I enjoy life again? Right now. 
Right now, you can enjoy life because of the resurrection. Don't wait for something bad to end before you let your life begin. Jesus has come to give you life today, to give you life abundant today. During the Great Depression, a place called Yates Pool was a sheep ranch owned by Ira Yates. And because of the depression and his inability to make money with his herd, he's about to lose the farm. That's a phrase we've heard a lot in the last year, about to lose the farm. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't have enough money to buy food or to buy clothing for his family. He's on government subsidies. And then some men came and knocked on the door after months and months of months of trying to figure out how to solve this problem, somebody knocked on the door and said, hey, we believe there could be oil on this land. And so Ira Yates signed a contract and they drilled the first well. Over 80,000 barrels of oil a day began to gush from that well. So much oil that they couldn't contain it, that it ran into the canyons around where they drilled the oil. They had to bring pumper trucks in to pump the oil out of the canyons that were collected there. In the year 2000, Gatesville was still one of the top 10 producers of oil in the U.S. And to date, over 1 billion barrels of oil have been pumped off of that ranch. And a sheep rancher and his family own it all. For a long time, Ira Yates did not know what he had. I don't want you to leave here today, turn off the feed today without knowing what you have in Jesus Christ. You've been given the keys to life. Jesus is to hold the keys of death and the grave. He wants to set you free from fear that holds you back, set you free from the fear of death that holds you down. But will you step out today in faith? Will you drill down into the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Will you do that today? I love these words in 1 Peter that wrap everything up I just said. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now, right now, not tomorrow. Not six months from now, not when COVID's over, right now. So will your future with God start right now? We're gonna sing a great song in just a moment. The words go, I searched the world, but it could not fill me. But then you came along and knocked on the door of my heart and you turned my grave into a garden. Today, you may be searching the world, trying to find a way out of the mess that you've made. But then Jesus came along and knocked on the door of your heart and he can turn your mess into a blessing. Maybe you're searching the world for your truth. Gotta find my truth. I want you to meet the truth. I want you to meet Jesus who is the truth, who is the way, the truth, and the life. He declares that. He is the way. He can turn graves into garden. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you that today, all over the world, Christian believers, three billion plus believers 
many are gathered together celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. When we lift up the name of Jesus, things change. And Father God, we know that Jesus' words are clear. They said, I've come to give you life and life abundant. That I hold the keys, he says, of, of hell and death, of the grave, Hades, the world beyond. And I pray that right now, if there's someone here that is trying to find truth in all the wrong places, they will find the truth is Jesus Christ. That right now, the Bible tells us if we confess our sins and we admit that we don't have the answer and we confess that to you, Father God, we, we bring our mess to you that you have the power in Jesus Christ to break the chains of sin, break the chains of bondage, of addiction. Right now, we can be set free, made a new person, a new purpose. Father God, thank you for the work you're doing right now all over the world and especially in this place as we invite you to turn our graves into gardens. In Jesus' name I pray, the resurrected Lord who lives now and forever. Amen and amen.